contents of the lab report meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Well done. Today on the lab report, get out your seat and jump around. We're going to talk about endothelial dysfunction, your heart, and sitting. Jump up and jump up and get down. What are they, Tony Horton now? The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. What are you throwing shade at House of Pain? That's not I cool. Mean, I just say it. It That's sounds like a, cool. the more I think about it, it sounds like a workout. Jump around. It sounds jump around. <laughs> very labor intensive. Get down. Hello. Michael Chapman, I'm so glad to see you. Hey, man. It's How are you doing? Patty Devers. <laughs> what's new? So much. Where to begin? Good to be back behind the microphones. That's right. After a short bit. And uh, we're here. This is a podcast called The Lab Report. It's where we talk about things like specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and precision medicine. That's right. And if you're new to the show, welcome. And for those of you who have missed us, because we missed a couple of episodes, we got your emails. Thank you so much. Go to iTunes or Spotify, maybe rate, review, leave us some stars. We miss you too. We do. We sure did. Thank you for being so kind. Yeah. If you'd like to continue to be kind or harass us, either way, you Mm -hmm. can do that at podcast.gdx.net. That is our email address. And today you mentioned we're going to jump around. I'm not sure what you mean by that. What are we doing today, Michael Chapman? Uh, have we decided on that? I just had that song stuck in my head. And I always heard like <laughs> the best way to get rid of a song stuck in your head is to give it to someone else, right? So that's well, what I was a lot for ultimately that. doing. That's, I think that of colds. Best I mean, way to get rid of a cold is I to give it to someone else. Do we know what we're doing? Have we consulted Oliver? Does Oliver know what we're doing? Oh, well, I couldn't agree more. All right. Super unhelpful, Oliver. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I think what you're trying to get at is that it's often said sitting is the new smoking. And we've talked about that several times in the show. We've talked about mobility. But today we thought... It seems dramatic, doesn't it? It does, right? People say that. I'm like, you're just saying that's just That's the new thing to say. Right. I mean, it's not really... It's not that bad. I mean, like, like, you should be moving and stuff, right? Obviously, we should be exercising. But, like, to compare it to smoking, it's not being so dramatic, people. (laughs) Like, really? Truly, there is some very significant literature around sitting as it relates to various specific diseases. And so what we thought we'd do was focus a little bit on cardiovascular health and what they call endothelial dysfunction as it relates to sitting. Well, that sounds super interesting. I mean, especially if you know what endothelial dysfunction is. But that is something that maybe not everyone understands. So maybe we should start with what is endothelial dysfunction? Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. It's time to define some Man, that button has been sitting for a while. I know. We dust I that one it off. So right? much. All right, let's get to it. Endothelial dysfunction. What do we got? Well, I think it's probably safer to step back and just let's define what endothelium is and does. Sure. That way, you can understand what the dysfunction is. So, first and foremost, endothelium is just a single layer of thin cells that line internal body cavities and mainly the lumens of your blood vessels. Right. But what's interesting? The etymology of endothelium? You mean the entomology? No, that's a study of bugs. Endo, which means inside, within, right? Mm. And then thelium, which is Greek for nipple. Of course, makes sense. This makes no sense. But if you think about endothelium inside, epithelium is your skin. So 
endothelium is inside. Yeah. It lines your blood vessels. Correct. It has a lot of important functions. So if we keep our eye on the big picture, right? So I think the thing that's interesting and important about endothelial function is it's kind of like what's thought to be the the first triggering event of the development of atherosclerosis, right? So this is like this is bad. This is this is how things start to go awry in your blood vessels. Is that fair? It is fair. Okay, perfect. But in order to know what went wrong, should we know what first goes right every day? Look at you. Such, such a silver lining Sorry. there. Glass <laughs> half full. Wow, so positive. What that's, goes right, Patty? That's who I am, Michael. I'm telling you. But th what the endothelia does for a living is it helps to regulate the vascular tone and dilate right. your blood vessels and constrict it them. It manages vasoconstriction and that's vasodilation. Right. Or some say vasodilatation. Have you heard that? That's a thing. Nobody says I'm that. I'm like, no, I'm serious. No one says I, that. Yes, it's true. It's a thing. And it, it happens. And when when people say that, I'm like, you're just, you're adding Making letters. You're adding letters right. to a word. That's right. You can't just do that. <laughs> but the endothelium also is in charge of this delicate interplay between clots and preventing clots. So thrombosis and thrombolysis. So it does this on the reg. It does, right? And so it, it does a lot of homeostatic mechanisms that we're talking about and does it through different types of things that it secretes. So we've right. got thromboxanes, we've got prostacyclin, there's something called endothelian, bradykinin, and oh, the most goodness. important of all of them, hmm. maybe, I mean, you could. this is debatable perhaps. This is your opinion. But NO. Oh, nitrous oxide. Right. Right, very important for so. vasodilation. And all of these things are made in the endothelium. I mean, the other important thing is that the endothelium can also make other brand new blood vessels. So it's important for angiogenesis. Should you need, you know, growth of muscle, you're going to need a blood supply to it. So the endothelium helps to create new blood vessels. Did you know? What? That NO, nitrous oxide, does uh -huh. not only cause vasodilation, okay. but it also inhibits platelet aggregation. <sighs> Did you also know that it helps repair dysfunctional endothelium? So are you saying... Are you asking me it in that form of a question because you want me to say N-O? See, wow. see what I did there? Well done, Patty. <laughs> I've been more, at our house, we've been more in the trying to get people to say <laughs> underwear by asking them why they're standing under there. <laughs> that's, that's what's going on. So you can see where my level of sophisticated Hi, humor is Hi, occurring. So. That's right. Well, I think important. So we just defined endothelium. We talked about how important it is, all the things it does every day in your body, in your blood vessels. So when we're talking about endothelial dysfunction, it's really when any of these specific things go wrong. Well, and one of the reasons why I bring up so many things about nitric oxide is that it's thought that this is one of the main drivers of endothelial dysfunction is that once the endothelium starts to become dysfunctional, its production of nitric oxide goes down. And mm. so this is the, the sort of the beginning onset. Um, and so that's right. caused by multiple different factors that can drive this, which some of which we should probably list out, right? Oh, well, I couldn't agree more. Well, yeah, thanks, Oliver. I believe at its core, it's really just that of oxidative stress, which we've talked about on the show many times. And so we it's talked a, about... It's a doozy. Free, yeah. yeah. You want to avoid oh. oxidative. It's so bad. Right. Like free radicals. So we know that free radicals can disrupt the balance of nitrous oxide, damages that endothelium, and it leaves it permeable, allowing toxins to pass into various body tissues. And some of those proteins include things like C-reactive protein, which is produced in the liver and causes inflammation. So that's the inflammatory piece of it. That's interesting. So what you're saying there, mm -hmm. according to whatever stuff you're citing here. Um, the International Journal, Journal of Cardiology. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Fine. Or, so they're yeah. saying that oxidative stress is the driver of endothelial dysfunction because it lowers nitric oxide production. Is that fair? 
Is that fair? Well, what it's saying is that it disrupts the balance of endo, which damages the endothelium, leaving it permeable to things coming in like inflammation. What does that mean? It disrupts the balance. I mean, to me, that's, that seems like the problem is decreases low. It. I mean, decreases it. It disrupts it. it. Can you be more specific? <laughs> Cardiology <laughs> journal, right? It disrupts the balance. Like that's that's. I hear that sort of stuff all the time. Where it's like, you know, I'm just feeling like something's out of balance. Yeah, it is. It's your nitric oxide in your endothelium. It probably is. I don't know why I'm getting so angry about this, <laughs> but I should calm it down. Um, but what I have here, according to this journal, which is MedSci Monit, and um, it's... That's not the journal. Well, it's a, the That's abbreviation. abbreviation. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But it essentially <laughs> says that sheer stress and insulin... Okay? Okay. So do you know what sheer stress is? Yes. So ultimately, like shearing forces, shearing forces derived from the pressure of the blood flow. Right. So correct. It's sort of synonymous. I mean, we could think of it as being somewhat synonymous with high blood pressure is the mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Creates more shear stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that combined with insulin work through different channels um, and they ultimately diminish the production of nitric oxide through decreased ENOS phosphorylation and indirectly lower nitric oxide bioavailability, which hmm. results in endothelial dysfunction. So now we know oxidative stress, there's an inflammatory component, shearing forces based on things like high blood pressure. There's also other things that can cause oxidative stress, like smoking and right. obesity, Did and you high know? blood sugar, and free fatty exposures. acids. See? Free fatty acids, which are also directly yeah. linked to metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes. Right. These things are also uh, thought to contribute to endothelial dysfunction by its disruption or imbalance <laughs> so, of nitric oxide <laughs> production. <laughs> so if you think about all of these things that you just outlined, Michael, that can start to cause this endothelial dysfunction, and now you're seeing that reduced vasodilation. It's a pro-inflammatory state. It's a pro-thrombotic state, which is why endothelial dysfunction is involved in all of these things like cardiovascular disease, strokes, and heart attacks, and all of those. I like how you just transitioned directly to end game there. <laughs> Death. There's certain like we ran out of exactly what we were about to, <laughs> what we were talking about. Like our outline stopped, but the train tracks had to keep See. going. So somebody just built the train tracks to like here's the destination: cardiovascular death. You know what's funny? Like w- sometimes in the midst of this podcast, Michael and I are like just searching for a word. We're just struggling, and the other person just smiles and watches the other person struggle. That's what ha- yes. what's happening here today. Yes, exactly. Michael's just watching me struggle. No, right. But the f- my favorite thing about that was like y- you were struggling and you're like, I'm just going to pull the parachute death. <laughs> I mean, that's the ultimate yeah. end game. Uh, I'm just, like, oh, eject. Just cut to the chase. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I mean, if we're cutting the chase, endothelial dysfunction is bad, right? Yeah, that's what right. we're saying. Okay. Yes. It's bad. Now, it's so bad. Okay. Now, let's take it a step further because why do we care about endothelial dysfunction? How do we get from there to like, you know, atherosclerosis? Yeah, that's a good question. Thanks. Uh, and it's very funny because we've been going back and forth about yeah. who's going to explain this because <laughs> it seems to be rather difficult. It's it's difficult. Here's my understanding, right? Go ahead. And, and because when you go to the cardiologist, he's pretty much like, whoa, look at those LDLs. That's bad. Cholesterol's and bad. it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with what we're talking about. It doesn't seem, at least, right? Hmm. So when we're talking about endothelial dysfunction, what happens is that you have this change in the the overall balance of vasodilation, vasoconstriction as, as caused by decreases in nitric oxide bioavailability, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that this actually sets up more of an inflammatory state, sets up more of a prothrombotic state. Mm-hmm. And with that inflammation, all of a sudden pro-inflammatory cytokines get released. 
And this damage causes the recruitment of uh, immune cells, like monocytes, mm-hmm. essentially. And so the monocytes attract more or create more pro-inflammatory cytokines. They create this kind of big, just like inflammatory cascade, which then recruits macrophages, which then ultimately turn into things like foam cells. So you get all this kind of activity at the endothelium, which causes the atherosclerosis, the fatty streak to form. It's the actual um, oxidation of LDL that's in the area and also part of... See, that's, that's where I don't know that part of it. How the I got to the foam to, cell, though. You did. And then you I did. broke down. Wow. Man, wow. man this is hard. Well this done. Is, it, You're I getting there. There's an You're obligation there. here to get this right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, you got us to foam cell. Right. We got, you got us to inflammatory cascade. Just drive this one home, Michael. Take <laughs> yeah, it home. Take a breath. Okay. Okay, so uh-huh. okay, here's what I understand. The recruitment of the monocytes, yep. which then differentiate into things like macrophages. Mm-hmm. Macrophages start to do what macrophages do. These are white blood which cells. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and macrophages are notorious for phagocytosis, right? Eating they stuff. eat exactly. They eat stuff, and so the biggest thing that they eat as it relates to endothelial dysfunction transitioning into atherosclerosis is LDL. Whoa, they start got there. engulfing LDL like crazy to the uh-huh. point where they they essentially change what they are. They like blow up and they turn into foam cells. The uh-huh. process of a macrophage turning into a foam cell is after it's over engulfed LDL to the point where it's <sighs> essentially it's it's unrecognizable. <laughs> I mean it actually it eats itself to death. That's <laughs> a true story. Wow. I know it's true. Wow. So then nom nom LDL. Did you just say nom nom LDL? That's right. <laughs> All right, so let me get this straight. We have endothelial dysfunction, hmm. which then we got into the inflammatory cascade. Mm-hmm. Then we have macrophages, and we talked about phagocytosis of LDL. Then we're into fatty streaks. And so is it the accumulation of these fatty streaks that causes a plaque? That's correct. That's the first stage of atherosclerosis. It's a hard word. It's a hard word. I mess it up every time. It's the first stage of that thing. Yeah. Yep. Plaque formation begins with uh, fatty streak formation, which is the deposition or uh, accumulation of foam cells. We did it. We did it. Full circle. Well done, sir. Well, this then begs the question, Mm. why the heck are you telling me to jump around? Does does this have anything to do with house of pain? Right. It's a good question because ultimately we're talking about cardiovascular risk. And we everyone knows, Mm -hmm. right, or it's, it's pretty well accepted that exercise... And an active lifestyle is very good for your cardiovascular health, mm-hmm. helps to lower risk for overall cardiovascular disease. And so what's the cause there, right? And if we start at the beginning with endothelial dysfunction, then perhaps activity has something to do with endothelial dysfunction. What's the connection? Well, first, I think we can talk about the indirect connection, right? If you're exercising, you're more active, you're going to lose weight, you have better insulin regulation, oxidative stress will be improved. So there's some indirect factors that are related to heart health as it relates to activity. Right. And as we mentioned before, some of these are big triggers for endothelial dysfunction. So higher levels of insulin, higher levels of free fatty acid in the blood, oxidative stress, obviously all of those can directly cause uh, endothelial dysfunction or big triggers for it. So reduction in those is certainly a big part of it. And so, you know, we're also talking about in a system of insulin resistance, what are those other inflammatory mediators? And even things like um, advanced glycation end products, which mm-hmm. we did an episode on before, there's all this connection between the rage system and how that produces free radicals that can damage endothelium. So there's a lot of different things as it relates to uh, 
your overall metabolic health in decreasing endothelial dysfunction. But there's also some direct correlation. Yeah, when this you, is interesting. Yeah, when you think about a blood vessel, there are, there are several layers to it. There's the tunica intima, tunica media, and tunica adventitia. And the intima is where the endothelial layer lives. It's the inside. Okay. It's like where the blood's passing through. Right, right, right. So if you think about what the blood vessel has to do, it can dilate and contract. There mm -hmm. also has to be forward movement. So there's a shear force moving forward. There's a shear force that's making it dilate and constrict. And so when there's some abnormalities in those shear forces that can also cause some specific endothelial damage. Yeah. And it seems that turbulent blood flow is one of the big concerns, one of the big problems, which is why you have accumulations of plaques at places where there's bifurcations of arteries. That mm -hmm. seems to be a big part because there's more turbulence there and that causes more endothelial dysfunction just in and of itself. Another place you'll see more plaque formation is in when it's sedentary, if it's a low flow state. Mm. So if we can take that back to something like sitting mm -hmm. where blood is pooled, mm -hmm. that can also contribute directly via shear forces. Yeah, and interestingly, there seems to be a connection, actually, between these direct and indirect mm -hmm. uh, things that cause endothelial dysfunction. And at the end of the day, there's a big role for the enzyme NADPH oxidase and this group of enzymes, which ultimately produce superoxide. And superoxide is a you know a potent free radical, and the production of superoxide is one of the, a, a big driver of endothelial dysfunction. And what they found is that, and and superoxide also uh, is involved in the decreased production and bioavailability of nitric oxide. And so, both things like free fatty acids in the blood, insulin resistance, induce NADPH oxidases, as well as sedentary lifestyle. Uh, activate NADPH oxidases by producing superoxide. So the connection here is Whoa. different triggers, but they're acting through these same mechanisms that ultimately lead to endothelial dysfunction. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, it's kind of additive. But I think the whole heart-healthy lifestyle has to include movement in some fashion. And, you know, we've spoken to enough PhD researchers and exercise physiologists on this show that kind of drive that point home that any movement is better than just being sedentary. And in fact, some of this is being studied. There's a study that says prolonged sitting-induced leg endothelial dysfunction can be prevented even just by fidgeting. So we're not asking you to go and run a marathon and you know do P90X with Michael. Even just fidgeting, any type of movement is better than none. Yeah, I always love to hear that fidgeting is um, something <laughs> that is healthy for you because I'm a premier fidgeter. I've been told since I was a child to stop fidgeting <laughs> and now I can uh, I can hold my mom accountable for misinformation <laughs> all this time. So that's that's helpful as well. Yeah, it goes unseen. I watch Michael fidget literally for hours. But suffice it to say, there's some other things while we're talking about endothelial dysfunction that perhaps deserve being mentioned because they have effects on nitric oxide bioavailability, some of these inflammatory processes. Like what? What uh, are we talking about? Like Omega-3 fish oils. Oh, right. Omega-3 fish oils have been shown to uh, overall increase nitric oxide production. They affect the NADPH oxidase system that we were just talking about to de decrease reactive oxygen species. And they decrease pro-inflammatory cytokines like NF-kappa B, which happens to be a big driver of endothelial dysfunction. 
And another thing that I think about is astragalus, believe it or not. Oh, your favorite herb. Exactly. Astragalus actually can increase the bioavailability of nitric oxide, which is totally awesome. Yeah. And in fact, there's a lot of medications that people are on that actually directly treat endothelial dysfunction, whether they realize that or not. So things like calcium channel blockers or ACE inhibitors do the similar thing, right? They're decreasing that leukocyte activation. They're decreasing NF-kappa-B. They're increasing nitric oxide production. So although you don't realize some of those antihypertensive medications are doing it, they're actually directly treating the underlying cause, the endothelial dysfunction. Wait a minute. You just said those drugs are treating the cause. Did you say that? Yikes. You're saying that these medica- these pharmaceutical medications are treating the cause. Are we there? We're at this point now in our relationship. What? What are you talking about? I guess you're right. That was my conventional hat came back. But really, right. to your point, yeah. it's really not treating the cause. It's addressing the underlying no, yeah, mechanism. T- exactly, which is yeah. absolutely Losartan <laughs> deficiency. <laughs> Next time on The Lab Report, we're going to talk organ meats. Mmm, delicious. Are they? I don't know. I think we'll find out. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Okay, I've got it. What? what? Who has the better jump song? Is it House of Pain or uh-huh. is it Van Halen? Ooh, why not Criss Cross? Jump, Daddy Mac and Mickey. Jump, jump. That's on the list. Is it? You can't have a song called I Miss the Bus and be on the list <laughs> with Van Halen and House of Pain. It right, doesn't I'm, work that way. I'm voting Even House. if you wear your pants backwards. I'm voting House of Pain. <laughs>